You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Getting Mindful with Megan. I am excited to talk to you guys about one of the niyamas of yoga today. It's called brahmacharya. Don't let that word scare you. Niyamas of yoga are personal ethics that yogis live by and Patanjali, one of the great yogi sages, teaches that when we practice these niyamas and then we follow this path of enlightenment, it will get us to like bliss. And so practicing, I, I guess you could describe the yamas and niyamas as like the 10 commandments of yoga. It's kind of like the simplest parts of yoga, but also hard to apply, right? So today we're talking about one of the, the niyamas, which is personal ethics and how you deal within yourself. And this word is brahmacharya. Brahmacharya translates from Sanskrit to English to mean non-excess, or I like to say it kind of like a conservation of energy. We have life force energy, and when our energy is being disfused and displaced and used in excess in certain areas, it's going to create overindulgence and it's going to create friction and misalignment in our life. I truly believe this. So it's funny because in the West, when we talk about yoga, you know, people are like, free love, do whatever you want. But actually, how this was practiced, this word was practiced in the the East anciently was through like versions of sexual abstinence and celibacy. So they believe that you have your life force energy, which in this case was like their sexual energy and and that when it was overindulged it actually created problems i want you to think of like here's an overindulgence it's really easy to to relate with is food when you the idea is that food is good for you it fuels you within certain bounds but when we step out of those boundaries and we overindulge it actually can make us sick and is toxic to our bodies and so the idea of practicing brahmacharya is knowing what's just enough and not crossing over into overindulgence not crossing over into more than enough not crossing over into excess Because when we have excess, it takes away our ability to see and really feel and be in the present moment. And I have just so seen this in my life. So in yogic like thought, you guys can hear my kids. They're here today. They're in the background. It's okay. They're just going to be here. You might hear some yelling. It's just part of it. So, but in, in the yoga philosophy, there's a moment in time when we reach the perfect limit of what we are engaged in. And if we cross over it, it can become a problem. So like with food, right? If we eat food, we gain energy and vitality from the food we're eating up to a point. But if we continue to eat past that point, there's like this downward spiral into lethargy. Um, If we eat slowly enough and pay attention, we can find the point that sits perfectly on the line of just right. So it's this moment of just enough that we need to recognize. But in our culture, we move so quickly, we move so fast and so unconsciously that we often, we pass over that line without consciousness, without awareness, because we're moving so quick. It just happens. And you're like, oh my gosh, how did I eat all of this food? I didn't even know. Like, I I don't even know how I got to this place, right? And so... The yoga practice teaches us to slow the freak down and become very aware of how your energy is being disfused and displaced or how it's being used and where you're sending your energy. I want you to think for a moment, like, is there an area of your life that you maybe are like, there's excess? 
I think the pandemic was a really good blessing for a lot of us because it taught us that we have excess in our lives. Sometimes we are doing, like physically just doing too much in a way that's not aligned for us. When I was studying this this last couple of weeks, I've been really diving into this word brahmacharya. I realized some of the excess that I had not realized was coming through on social media that I would just get on there without thinking. And I actually think social media is like a beautiful tool to connect. And I, I mean, I like my closest friends I've met through social media. I love using social media to connect. I love using it to teach my students. I love using it as a tool in my business to share. But it easily becomes the weapon that cuts off my own hand when I step into excess and when I put too much energy into that space. So we have to be able to discern between what the body needs in the moment and the story our mind is telling us. Because so often, like think of like addictions and things like that, like your brain's like, I need it, I need it, I need it. But what is your body telling you? And that's where we get very, very intuitive. And the only way we can get intuitive, you guys, is if we slow everything down. So right now, I want you to think for a second. I want you to slow down. I want you to just be here. This is powerful work, you guys. Something I've been practicing is just taking the day to do nothing and just let my intuition guide me. And when it comes to the food I eat, when it comes to how I'm using my energy and slowing down enough so that I can become aware and not cross over my own boundaries that I've put up as a protection mechanism to honor myself and honor what my body's needs are. So can you honor all that is all is sacred? Can you honor yourself as sacred? I think brahmacharya really invites us to live with God, not excess. Sometimes like our watch, like on our, on our wrist becomes our God. Can we take the watch off, slow everything down, and really be in the miracle of the world that we're living in? I think when we practice non-excess, then we're able to really see. I think about this quote that I love so much. Well, in the Bible, it says, the pure in heart, blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus said, for they shall see God, right? And there's this quote that I love, and I'm going to totally butcher it right now because I don't have it in front of me, but it's something along the lines of like people who have a pure palate, who have like not filled their mouths full of junk, they're able to really taste the sweetness of an apple. When your heart is really pure, when there's not all the excess gunk and darkness, that's when you're able to see God. So when we get rid of excess and we use our energy wisely, that's when we're able to really see the beauty and the miracles happening around us because we aren't like overflowed with, with garbage, right? With, with excess and overindulgence. We're not heavy. We're light. It's a totally different energy, right? So if we stop and reflect on our lives, we can see the innate intelligence about things. We can see like God in everything when we slow down and we get rid of excess. But your ego wants more. (laughs) It's like ego is like more, more, more. And I love this, this saying for ego, it's like E-G-O, edging God out. When we release the ego, we become okay with what we have. When we see that excess creates problems. (laughs) It can create problems is when we're able to really, I think, align with God. 
So seeing with eyes of holiness shifts how we act and how we see the world around us. So really shifting the way we see with gratitude and slowing things down. And I just think our egos, they don't like the idea that life can go on without us, or it doesn't like to feel unimportant. It doesn't want to feel like things are happening while they're resting, right? Like think about even kids, like we're like, put them down for a nap and then get such bad FOMO. That's ego. Things can't go on without me, right? But we're gonna, we're gonna let go of that. We're gonna bring God in and we're just gonna step into the present moment and release all of the excess that is no longer serving us. So I really believe that part of Brahmacharya is just becoming this witness of the life, becoming a witness and really seeing what's happening around you. And when you do that, what's so funny is when you really slow down, when you really release the excess of your life, I think we have the power to collapse time. We move into the present moment. So um, I love this. I'm going to read this out of a book. It says, being an audience of the divine mystery begins to shift us out of the clock time and into divine time, divine rhythm. He says, I had this experience of shifting rhythm when I took a solo month sabbatical to a lakeside cabin where somewhere in that month I got captured without a clock dictating my next step or my usual habits manipulating the moment. I got swept up by universal rhythm that I came to call God's heartbeat. I hiked, I kayaked, I ate, I slept, I read, I wrote, and I did my practice. But these weren't separate activities or accomplishments. They were more like rhythm, a cell in the heart of God and the beating of God's heart moved me. The doings and non-doings were woven together in one harmonious rhythm. In that month, I learned that the rhythm of mystery looks nothing like the demands of clock time. God's time isn't logical to our limited minds. It doesn't plan and it doesn't keep track, but somehow the dishes still get done and the meals cooked. It just happened from a different place. I think about this like divine time versus clock time in a meditation practice. So when I meditate, there's a point where I'm trying to meditate and three minutes feels like three hours. You guys have been there. If you've ever tried meditation, you're like, oh my gosh. But then there's a moment when you get in that rhythm when you release all needs to be doing anything else and you let yourself really be present, where all of a sudden a meditation that's three hours feels like three minutes. Time is relative. We experience time differently. I believe with all force of energy within me that when you slow down, you speed up. When you get off of like human time gel, That is when you step into God's time and where miracles can happen. You can do so many miraculous things when we move into this rhythm of the universe. I think it's so powerful. So I really want to invite you guys, like, can you slow down, slow everything down? Like, not just the things you have planned. Like, I do think you should, like, maybe take a look. Like, do I have excess on my schedule? What can I take off of here? Like, what's a, not a great use of my energy? And then, like, take it a little bit deeper. Like, can I actually slow and deepen my breath? Can I talk a little bit slower? Can I be a little bit more in this moment? Can I, can I rid myself of the stories and the thoughts that my brain, the, the chatter in my brain? Can I release that and let it go? Brahmacharya, you guys, reminds us that we aren't embodied in this form to feel dead but alive. And I really believe this. When we let go of excess, it's when we really start to step into our aliveness, into our consciousness. So, but it takes slowing down and letting go of things that don't 
don't serve and bringing things back into just enough, the things that you need, just enough food to be light and, and airy and to be able to be healthy and high vibrational energy, right? Letting go of the thoughts that are weighing you down, that are expending your energy unwisely. I think sometimes thinking about other people's drama <laughs> is one of those ways that we're, we're not using our energy wisely. What does it serve? It's excess. It's excess noise we don't need. I had a friend tell me a story about some stuff going on in her life and my brain kept wanting to like solve for it, but I had no power over it. I had to remind my brain like you, you don't need to think about this. This is not serving you in any way at all. Release it. Let it go. My energy is better spent building, present, being. Like that is where my energy is better spent. So I hope that this serves you guys in some way. Um, in yoga, the philosophy teaches that we have like four layers to the body, kind of like layers of an onion. They're called your sheaths or your koshas. And the first layer is your physical. The second is your intellect, so your mind. The third is your energetic body or the pranayama, your life force, your breath. And then the fourth is your soul and your spirit. And it is my belief and my testimony that when we, when we go to the core, when we go to that core and we ask our core what it needs, when we get in touch with our spirit, with the soul, when we get in touch to that part that is connected to heaven, that is when miracles happen. We only can do that by shedding off excess, by using our energy wisely, by, by going through the layers of the body. So start physically, like how can I physically actually slow down? Move into your brain. What stories, what brain chatter can I get rid of? Move into your energy. Can I deepen my breath? Can I let my energy flow freely? Where am I using energy that's not useful right now? And then go into your soul and really get to know that version of you, that person in there, because that's where you're going to have the best inspiration, creative energy come through and your soul is going to know how you need to use your energy and how you need to use your time. And it's going to help you get into the present where you can really create magic. I have to share this quote with you and I have to find it because it's on my phone. Okay, here we go. It says this, it says humans live in time, but God destines them to eternity. He therefore, I believe, wants them to attend to two things, to eternity itself and to that point of time, which they call the present. For the present is the point at which time touches eternity. So get rid of all the excess. Get rid of the noise. Slow down. You're not missing anything. Like you don't need more. Just enough. Think of just enough. That's our mantra. Okay, you guys, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Love you. Bye.